I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and co-owner of PurePleasureShop.com. I'm April, VP of the cutting-edge sex toy company Hot Octopus, and I dedicate my life to the business of sex. We are on a mission to teach you how to have hot sex, deep intimacy, and how to make your own rules for who you are as a sexual being. Welcome Welcome to to the Shameless Sex Revolution. Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com. And for 50% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use code SHAMELESSSEX at purepleasureshop.com. You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Well, hello, everyone. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Shameless Sex Podcast. This is our last episode of 2021. Bye, 2021. See ya. See ya later. What do I want to be ya? I'm ready for 2022. I say that every year. Do you? I'm like, I'm ready for 2020. I, nah, wah, wah, just kidding. I feel good about 2022, but just for my own myself. For myself. I'm turning 40 in 2022. Ooh. July 16th, I will be 40 years old. Where are we going? Are we going? To We're going to Roatan. Oh, is the plan? Hopefully, nice. There's no other global well episodes. I'm gonna tell you, you look stunning for 40. You're not 40 yet. Sorry. Yes, <laughs> I'm only 39. 39. <laughs> I did get carded the other day for buying wine. Ooh. And I thought perhaps it was because of my mask. Oh. Meaning my face was not exposed. But Aww. I was like, bro, really? You think that a 20 year old would be buying this uh, bottle of Pinot, <laughs> this nice, expensive bottle of yes. Pinot. A 20-year-old does not have taste for such a fine wine. <laughs> Actually, they probably don't. But. You think this bottle of mezcal that I'm purchasing right now? I'm 36. I still don't know about fine wine. You're like, I'm getting the, the boxed wine. Just kidding. You don't. I don't. So this episode is with William and Misha, the creators of the Bonobo Network. And it's a sex-positive community that teaches all about sex education, but also throws sex parties. And I want to put emphasis on community. Uh, and I have actually been to some of their sexy parties before, which we talk about in the episode. So I don't need to go too deep into that. But uh, it is a fun episode all about the world of sexy parties and sex positive community. So stay tuned. It will be very uh, intriguing it's and informative. It's, it's a really great episode. We I, say that every time. And maybe but, that's why we do this, because all of our episodes are fucking amazing. They are. And all of our guests. And yeah, we just in April and I are constantly learning as well. So um, we are our students here learning from William and Misha and every speaker that we have on the show. So you will uh, you're in for a treat as always. Um, I love sex positive community. That vibe. And just normalizing being out there as you've done. I've never been to a sex party. Well, are you ready? <laughs> I'll get there. Yo, that'll be fun. I really want to go to a sex party with you. I'm just saying. Okay. I don't know if I could watch you getting banged out in front of me yet. Really? I mean, <laughs> I probably could. I wouldn't enjoy myself watching you because I just look at you and I think of you and Amy. So you're not ready to see me on all fours, full labes out. I'm not saying that I wouldn't, I wouldn't, <laughs> I'm ready because I would be happy that you're enjoying yourself. Do I want to? I don't know yet. 
<laughs> I'm not going to take that personally. You know what? It's nothing personal. No, I get that. I'm just trying to envision you two in the city. Yeah, so I get that. We're sisters, you know, so that makes sense. <laughs> Look, Amy, you like this doggy style position right now? I'm doing, yeah. You'll be like, yeah. yeah. I'll be go, a, like, Go, April, go. My inner frat boy comes out, noise. I'll be like, <laughs> noise position, Amy, noise. <laughs> I'll be in the front, like, looking at you. I'm like, yeah. High-fiving. You getting your O face yet, girl? This bump. <laughs> you okay. got to pump harder. Harder. No. Softer. Just kidding. She, she would like it softer. If there was someone pumping me out, you'd be like, harder. <laughs> if you know my friend, you know she likes it hard. <laughs> Listen to episode 232 to or know it. All the episodes, <laughs> actually. <laughs> okay, so a couple announcements before we do a sex question. Uh, actually, one announcement. I was like, there's a couple? I think we only have no, one. Just one, uh, unless we go on a tangent, which we often do. So we created a Discord community. Discord is an app where you can connect with other folks. It's a chat text app. Uh, and we created this community for shameless sex fans and listeners so that you can connect with each other. Because We didn't create Discord. They so were we there. didn't create Discord. We created our own community yes, on, on Discord. Discord. Yes. And so if you want to connect with other shameless sex fans, you can go to the link in this episode's description you can click through and if you don't have the app you can add the app it's free and you can go and be friends and I'm on there and April's going to be gonna on be there I'm going to be on there yeah. when you told me about it today I got really excited because you already said there's folks on there chatting it's and so sharing cool to watch. and I'm excited to engage with fans yeah. slash listeners I don't like to think of people that listen to us as fans because I'm like, no, I'm just... Some of them aren't fans. They're like, I don't yeah. like what you're saying. Yeah. Some of them are like, fucking stop with your crystals and your astrology. And I'm like, damn it, but I like tarot. They want more banging it out. Yeah. <laughs> we got that for you too, but not on Discord. Yeah, okay? <laughs> on Discord. There actually are rules on there and uh, be, to keep the community safe. So it's we're creating our own community and uh, kind of inspired by William and Misha, actually. So are you ready for a sex question? Let's just talk I am. It. I also don't know the sex question, per usual. <laughs> it's in front of me, but I don't read it. I like to be with our listeners and this surprise the surprise okay so oh it starts with so so (laughs) (laughs) so i have a pretty basic question my girlfriend is shy about receiving multiple orgasms by the way i think this is from a penis owner she is capable of it but she is afraid she will pee or is scared because she feels she is too sensitive any advice on how to talk to her about this so my guess is this person wants their girlfriend to experience multiple orgasms and they would like to talk to them about it in a way that will make them more comfortable, their girlfriend, uh, in having this experience. And um, so my advice is to open up the conversation uh, with something that, and this to me isn't a really heavy conversation, but maybe it is for your partner. So I would say, as April and I often say, have the conversation outside of the bedroom. So not during sex. Hey, let's talk about multiple orgasms while we're banging. Um, and say, hey, there's something I've been thinking about. And I just it's I just think that this might enhance our sexual connection. And I love your pleasure. And I love witnessing your pleasure. I love giving you pleasure. Also, no pressure to perform. And I'm curious if you're open to exploring multiple orgasms. And if she says she's afraid to pee or feels like she's too sensitive, which I'm I have questions about the too sensitive piece, but just you also let her know. I I actually I don't have any fear about what your body does. If you pee, all good. I just love witnessing your pleasure. So you just kind of creating that safety and that acceptance. If it sounds like she has some insecurity, and you're trying to. Um, offset or downplay the insecurity by saying, show up with all of yourself. It's all good. But what I wouldn't do is show up a pressure of, I want this for me because it makes me feel really good. For April has a thought about that. I can see her eyebrows going up. What are you doing? What's going on over there? Well, it's funny. (laughs) Every time we get a listener that's 
typically a lot of listeners ask questions about their partner or partners. And I always want the partner that's being in question, meaning the ones that the, the listeners are writing about to actually give their perspective or experience yeah. because this person says she is afraid she will pee. And I'm wondering orgasms when we're talking about squirting, that can be a different conversation than just peeing. I I, I think that if it's a clitoral orgasm, the the feeling of peeing is not necessarily going to, it it maybe is intense, but I don't ever feel like I've peed with a clitoral orgasm. When there's ejaculate, it can feel like pee, but I'm wondering why the pee is coming up. Yeah. So is this the multiple orgasms from a lot of pressure on the G spot G area that is feeling like it's a lot of intensity on the bladder? Um, Yeah. I like that you said that because I'm curious. Yeah, I too am now curious about about this person's uh, your her experience, your girlfriend. Uh, and, and what, you know, what does she want? Um, and you know, is, is it that she doesn't actually enjoy the sensation in the too sensitive might be, it's just too much and too overwhelming. And so maybe that's just not her jam, but is it about multiple orgasms or just too much pressure on the G spot G area? Maybe this is a call to action for the writer of this. If you're listening to have your girlfriend, if she listens to write in with her experience. Yeah. I, I'm wondering, because we get so many of these questions with people, which is beautiful, by the way. I, I'm there's in, in no, By no means am I shaming. I love that you're asking this question and you care enough to get advice about how you can talk to her and go about this. So that's not the piece. But I would love, because we get, right, all the time, we, we get, how do I spice up my sex life? My husband doesn't like this. or mm-hmm. So if, if, if partners could write in too, if, the, if they're listening, I, I would love the perspective and I love when people care enough to write in and how they can improve this or help talk about this and and it, your advice is is incredible always you've helped me in my sex life oh thanks Chip you're welcome <laughs> well one uh, last piece I'll add yeah. uh she's capable of it is what this person said right so the the fear in peeing get yourself one mm. of those blankets those fascinator uh, throw yes that i i have that's helped me you know i had all of this maybe you don't know now you do now you're gonna tell you i had all of this shame around peeing and i prevented myself from ejaculating for years because i had shame around peeing to bed because i I was a bedwetter until i was about nine years old yes that's right nine my mom threatened me with a dapper when i was like seven and eight and i was like i don't want to so Wedding, which is normal, by the way. I mean, like, there's plenty of kids that do that. So, well, nothing wrong with you. I had a lot of uh, uh, the. I was uh, obviously, sadly, my my parents chose um, physical abuse to help me stop peeing to bed when I was little. So that's why it it didn't. It just perpetuated the problem longer, uh, instead of other techniques. Which I'm not a parent, but that obviously beating a child to not to not pee to bed is not the way to go. Definitely not the way. So I was always terrified. And so every time ejaculate happened, I when I ejaculated, female ejaculate in in this is my way later years. I think I was almost 30 by the time. I, I had so much shame in that. And so the pee piece, if that's something that's coming up and you're talking about this ejaculatory orgasm from the uh, vulva owning body Get a fascinator throw. Yeah. PurePleasureShop.com. Go get one. Yeah. And 
Yeah. Yeah. If you use the coupon code Shameless Sex, you get fifteen percent off. And what it you can literally take a whole massive glass of water and pour it on this yeah. thing. So P O A absorbs if you it. Pee, yeah. You just pay. Yeah. You're just creating safety there, saying I, you know it's it's all good if you want to just release all the fluids, release the hounds, and uh, we have this here to keep it safe. I'm not afraid if it is pee, uh, and just saying your girlfriend is her body. So if she does if she's just like not that into it, she gets to decide. I wouldn't go about it from a place of you need this for yourself because it will enhance your experience because I mean yes you want you get off to maybe her pleasure but if it's about your worthiness like I give her multiple orgasms that's too much pressure for her so get really clear on what your intentions are why do you really want her to have these multiple orgasms create a safe space for it if she's willing to and if she's a no she's a no uh, but yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's a conversation piece. I like that. Like April said that you're willing to have a conversation and yeah, go get a fascinator throw yeah. Squirt up a storm. And hopefully I didn't trigger anyone with talking about my childhood and, and, uh, the belt situation because I was a child of the eighties and people use different techniques for parenting back then, especially parents that had zero, uh, loving situations and and, and education well. and, yeah yeah and it's a different time now and I'm saying that freely because I've come to terms with it I've done the work around it I've talked to both of my parents about that and they regret uh physically doing those things to me uh, and it was yeah it was they, they they now would probably not choose that so I just want to just trigger warning I'm sorry about that that was my experience and I have moved through that and if I ever were, were a parent I would never use those techniques so yeah. Well, this is shameless sex too. So yeah. you are outing yeah. yourself in a in a powerful. I guess way I'm out, I'm on an outing uh, streak. <laughs> uh, yeah, was, yeah, I'm just on an outing marathon right now. Okay. Well, I like it. I like that you're outing it. And this is related and not related, but Uberlube relates to everything <laughs> because we're talking about sex here. So you want uh, to maybe to try some of the best lube ever in our expert opinion, then we think that you might want to try Uberlube. Uberlube is a luxurious, high-grade silicone lube. It never gets sticky. It's long-lasting. It has no flavor, no scent. It comes in a beautiful bottle with an easy-to-use pump top that actually looks like a cosmetic or something, so you can leave it out on your nightstand shamelessly. It is incredible. It's changed my life. What do you think? It's also condom compatible, which we don't say for latex condoms. If you're using latex condoms, which if you want to practice safe sex, we love latex condoms and Uber Lube can be used with that. If you want to use coconut oil, you cannot use oil-based lubes with latex. So check out Uber Lube. I love it for lots of reasons, even besides anal sex and vaginal sex and lubing up my my mouth if I want to do a, a nice old fellatio act. Ooh, fellatio. fellatio. I like that word, to fellate. To um, fellate. Also for massage, you can use it for chafing, for hair frizzies. It literally and has no smell. No all. smell. And it's mostly for sex. And it can make your awesome sex even awesome or if that's a word um, but I like it <laughs> she's like what are you saying so if you want to try some of the best lube in our opinion go to uberlube.com use coupon code shameless sex you get 10% off and free shipping they have all different sizes including travel bottles now they just came out with a new line of different the, color yeah, uh, gold to, good to red. go I still need to get you one of those yes please I want the gold I have the gold just I for it. you alright Chip you ready for a bio yes and I just want to say this bio is short and sweet But listen to the episode and you will learn much more about these wonderful guests because they do many things in the sex positive world. Yeah, this is just a really quick Cliff's Notes because they have endless and deep knowledge in this community. So here we go. William Winters and Misha Bonaventura are founder and co-founder of the Bonobo Network, a community rooted in real world and virtual events where people learn together 
and from one another about sexuality, pleasure, and relationships. To learn more, visit bonobonetwork.com. But first, tis the season to seek out pleasure in every area of your life. From how you start your mornings to how you wind down at night, you deserve to enjoy it all. Dipsy Stories makes it easy to add more pleasure in and out of the bedroom. Dipsy is an app full of sexy audio stories with everything from romance to threesomes to kink. And they now offer written stories for those of you who prefer to read your erotica. No matter who you're into or what turns you on, Dipsy can help you tap into your arousal anytime, anywhere. There are hundreds of stories to choose from, and they release new content every week, so there's always more to discover. They also have wellness sessions to help you wind down and explore, as well as sleep sessions to help you drift off. It's like two apps in one. And here's more great news. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash shameless. That's 30 days at full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash shameless. Dipsystories.com slash shameless. Go check it out for free now. All right, let's dive into the interview. All right, everyone, here we go. It is time for the interview. Why don't you say show? That would have rhymed. Oh damn it! Okay, you, you under. Here we go. It's time for the show. All right, you're start, You're gonna do this from now on. That's your job. You're way better at this. Than I, am. I, mean, I used to be that Amy was the opener and April was the closer, but maybe you need now to be, it's reversing. Or maybe you need to be. Or both. maybe no one wants to hear us rhyme anyway. So maybe you're <laughs> actually right. Maybe we're the only ones that think we're funny. <laughs> okay, well, we're here with William and Misha, the creators, the founders of the Bonobo Network, a sex positive community. Um, and they do coaching, they throw sex parties, they teach people all about consent, um, and many, many other things that we will dive into here. Um, I have met them personally um, in different worlds, um, all in the sex positive world. Uh, one of the fun stories that I have shared on the podcast many times is how we actually started this podcast was going on uh, Sex with Emily's podcast, Emily Morse. And Emily Morse was in the the Somatica training mm-hmm. that uh, William was also in. That's where I met William as well. So the three of us were in that, that training. And through that and meeting Emily, she invited me to go on her show. She already knew April from the industry, invited April on the show too. And then we loved going on her show. And we also had some other dramas in our lives. And we're like, we needed to create a project. And then we started Shameless Sex. So I always want to give a shout out and a big thank you to Emily and then also so isn't this wonderful that, um, William, you uh, were a part of all of that as well. So uh, without further ado, we're so happy to have you two here. And we're just going to dive right into, right into the same prompt that we always give. Can you please tell us how you got to where you are today in the field of sexuality? And this can be both personal or professional shares. All are welcome. So, hey, everybody. It's so good to be here, Amy. It's good to see you, see your actual face and not just talk on the phone um uh so yeah where did we get started um so i opened up my relationship with my partner anna when i was still living in louisiana in 2007 and about a year later got a job in the bay area and we knew that the bay area was kind of an intense place for open relationships and open sexuality and that sort of thing but we didn't know that we were coming to the the like fertile crescent of polyamory you know the place where it all 
got started and where there was just so much community. And so, um, you know, we immediately, being community-minded people, got really involved with the local non-monogamous community. And we tried to find the pocket of that community that felt like they were our people. And we eventually found those people. Uh, there were these potlucks that were organized by Philippe Lewis and Paget Norton, um, the open relationship community potlucks. And they provided just so much resourcing for me personally and for um, our relationship, me and Anna's relationship. Um, so much learning happen can happen in community, you know? And especially, like, uh, with polyamory, where you don't have a lot of just like cultural models for doing it well built in, um, finding community was just a game changer for accelerating our practice of non monogamy. And so when Philippe and Paget uh, decided they wanted to focus on having a child instead of, you know, focusing on, on this uh, potluck event, uh, they were looking for folks to take it over. And we wanted to give back to this community that had given us so much. And so Anna and I volunteered to take over the potluck. Um, and, you know, I'm a community organizer and political person in my sort of professional, my, my pre-Bonobo professional life. Um, and so a lot of this stuff just kind of comes naturally to me. And um, also... Like polyamory really had a moment, you know, there was a, a, a moment in time when the articles went from uh, isn't polyamory this weird thing that people do to, you know, uh, like how to have a successful quad. It's so in all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's so in. And, and so uh, the potlucks really started to grow as polyamory's moment arrived and suddenly it became like the biggest regular social event for non-monogamous folks in the Bay Area. And instead of doing it once a month, uh, as we were when we started it, it was happening four times a month, uh, once in San Francisco, once in the East Bay, once on the peninsula and once in the South Bay. Um, so it just, it just kind of grew in this pretty, um, massive way. And um, around the time, I guess just before I started helping to run the potlucks, I started throwing play parties. And, um, and, and when you say play, sorry, when you say play parties, sex parties, is, is it the same kind of thing? So some, some, some people are like, are we playing with toys? Like, what are we doing? What's, what's that? How do you uh, yeah. define play party? Yeah. I mean, I think of, I, I use the words sex party, the terms sex party and play party interchangeably. Um, partly because um, there is so much more than sex that happens at these parties. Like, there are adults that are, like, really engaging in a spirit of play, you know, and they're doing all kinds of things. And uh, and it's it doesn't just look like PIV, <laughs> you know, sex or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so, so, yeah, so I started throwing these parties. I, uh, the first one was for my... 31st birthday <laughs> in 2010 and it was like 25 people in my little two-bedroom apartment and um 
and uh, it went super well. And so I did it again and did it again and did it again. And uh, those parties started to grow as my social circle started to grow. The growth really coincided with those potlucks. Um, and, um, and you know, that party was the first in a series of events that would become Bonobo Network. Um, um, yeah, and so I really sort of toiled uh, for years. It was I say toiled. It was joyous, fun, exciting work. I got to partner with amazing people like Misha over the years. Um, you know, we got invited to um, uh, join the council, the leadership team of like another sort of underground sex positive play party community based in the Bay. Um, and that's where we really forged our working relationship and really built a deep sense of trust with one another um uh you know misha was like an essential part of like my sort of brain trust or kitchen cabinet or however you want to call it um uh and so in 2017 after the parties have been going for a number of years um you know it went from like occasional occurrence to like you know, monthly event with a community of, you know, a couple thousand participants at the time. Um, you know, it was also the time that Me Too was happening. And it, it was just really clear to me that, um, that like, Bonobo needed a woman, uh, needed women's voices represented in leadership, not just through like the conversations I was having with my trusted advisors, but actually like visibly uh, leading. And so uh, that's when uh, I invited um, Misha on board to um, you know help steer the ship, and um, and uh, you know we've just been kind of going up and up and up ever since. Misha also just a, just a shout out to Misha too. I uh, Misha used to teach sex ed classes at Pure Pleasure in Santa Cruz back in the day many years ago as well. So I know Misha personally from that world. Uh, I think it was before you Misha moved to the Bay Area, um, and I remembered um, something that you taught there that really stuck with me that I still use today. That was um, friends first dating. Um, and I, so when I, sometimes when I work with people, I, I, I talk about that. I share that with them, the idea of friends first dating. I love the idea of us like, like, like take the pressure off the table of it being this like big interview in the romantic date. And like, mm. just, we're like, we're, go, we're just friends getting to know each other. And then we're dating. So anyways, Misha, so happy to have you here too. And if there's anything you want to add to, to your story as well mm-hmm. as how you got here, we would love to hear that as well. <laughs> yeah. That makes me so happy to hear Amy that you, that you use that long uh long ago iteration of my uh sex education <laughs> pieces the um yeah i started out uh in one of my first big relationships ended up being polyamorous which i didn't even have that word in my lexicon or you know like i just kind of fell into having a partner who also had another uh partner and we ended up uh we ended up being co, you know, partners and 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 lovers together for the first three years of our five year relationship, and little did I know that 
they uh, that that I was, you know, doing polyamory or, you know, setting off on this path of kind of a, a bigger, bigger exploration around relationship. Um, I did have inklings of wanting to be a sex expert someday back in the, back then and uh, having dreams of uh, uh, offering all kinds of uh, wild things, but I was way too shy and way too uh, didn't, you know, like too much shame, I think, or too much like fear around being out around my sexuality and my interest in sex. And so it took me a long time to kind of weave my way through um, life and find myself back in being interested and being more out around um, my sex and sexuality and the self-expression that I that I personally love but also want to help people express. And that's when I started doing What is Erotic down in Santa Cruz, which is also where, where we met initially. And then I started teaching and Evolutionary One was one of my first iterations of uh, Friends First Dating and things like that. And uh, after a big heartbreak uh, and starting uh, evolution or starting what is erotic, I got invited to come start coming up to sex parties up in the Bay Area. And I was like, huh, back in my 20s, I was really into going to sexy parties and exploring sexuality and dating multiple people and all of that. And so maybe as a single person, that would be an interesting exploration for me right now. And so I, I ended up coming up to the Bay Area during that time and uh, really diving into as a single woman the play party scene and for and for the first time starting to really explore what does it mean for me to be in relationship with others and what is what are the dynamics that happen where do I get jealous where do I start to um, where do I feel insecure who's attracted to me? Who am I attracted to? Can I get the hottest person in the room? You know, like all these things that I feel like sex parties offer that are just mind blowing, you know, like they're just like, there are so many ways in which all of our assumptions kind of get blasted out of the water inside of the space of a sex party. And that is what has kept me coming back more and more over, over the years, whether it's been, you know, a hard, hard, hard times at sex parties or like the most ecstatic moments. And, uh, yeah, it's been awesome to find a partner with in William and really co-create something that feels like it's making an impact on sex positive culture in the, uh, in the Bay. I can attest to it. I've been to a couple of those parties. It's, it's really doing wonderful things for the world. And we've never had any organizers of sex parties really on, like as as you two are um, experts, I would say. So let's talk about these play parties, aka sex parties. And you both talked a little bit about your polyamorous backgrounds and, and experience with that relationship style. So uh, we can be clear, though, that sex parties, as far as I know, aren't just for folks that are polyamorous. So uh, maybe you can talk about how these sex parties can serve as vessels for personal growth and transformation, maybe solo and in relationships? Uh, and also, why do folks choose to attend these types of gatherings? A thing that I say really commonly in the opening circles of the parties that we throw is that 
um, play parties are almost perfectly designed to bring up your deepest high school shit. Like, all these questions of, am I good enough? Am I attractive enough? Who am I attracted to? Uh, can I get what I want? Oh my God, do I even know what I want? Can I even ask for it? Ah, like it's just, uh, it just it gets um, really intense. And I think that um, uh, actually addressing those questions head on, like how much personal growth you get out of out of these spaces depends on how much you are addressing these questions head on. Um, you know, like th- there's another strategy, which is like just ignore, <laughs> ignore the feelings <laughs> and power through and, you know, just, you know, be, be a man and, you know, all these things. And, Works every time. Great. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Great. Totally, right. Yeah. And 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 we really prefer uh, to encourage the participants in our events um, to uh, have a feeling <laughs> and not just have a feeling, but like explore your feelings and explore your feelings vulnerably in conversation in community with other people you know and um through through the alchemy of like being a vulnerable person um uh exposing not just like your physical body and your sexual desires but also like your emotional body um with others we think that there's a lot of potential for um healing uh, especially because, like, we are just so um, ruthless about asking people to um, be supportive with one another and to not shame one another um, and to be actively welcoming to one another. Like, that's really me and Misha's biggest jobs. You know, it's not just like figuring out how many mattresses to put in what room or <laughs> figuring out like where to put the food tray, you know, uh, the, the food table. Um, it's about creating a culture, you know, and uh, so much of, of what we do is reinforcing that culture um, throughout the community and getting people to internalize it so that other people can have an opportunity to get the healing and get the growth and get the connection that they themselves have had access to by virtue of participating in these spaces, you know? Um, so, so I would say that like, um, you know, like there is a certain amount of personal transformation and growth that, um, you, you can just like bring that potential along with you wherever you go if you know how to orient towards the space. And then I think there's also the reality that um, the space you select to enter and the culture of that space and how it's organized and the people you're attending with can also be supportive of the growth of that growth. And I would say that some spaces are probably a little bit more conducive to that than others. I actually, um, I don't know if you all said this or I made this up or heard someone else say this about play parties, but you kind of alluded to it before. It's almost like Burning Man where you get like the highest of highs. Oh my God, this is the most amazing experience. So much bliss. And then you can have some really intense, heavy, confronting, hard, challenging experience as well, whether it's I don't feel worthy or um, I don't belong or there, or maybe some sort of consent issue has happened or so many things, but um, it kind of feels like it, at least that's my experiences. And, and also um, 
coming back to what you know my experiences of, of attending a couple of your play parties there um for me i personally felt this just deep sense of aliveness like the most uh not the i mean there's other ways but like ecstatic aliveness there were these access to it but i have also gone to your play parties where i've had like oh my god the most ecstatic aliveness this is amazing i'm having like this hot sex in a dungeon right now this is crazy this is awesome and then all of a sudden someone gets super triggered i'm in the angel room over here getting, <laughs> getting support because so you have a lot of these different offerings there so it's not just like Everyone just go on and here you go. Have sex. Here's some mattresses. So let's, I want to talk about that piece with, with both of you here. You have a ton of experience with attending and organizing group sex and play parties. How do you, and I've, you know, I've been there again, you do, I know that you do, um, and you can elaborate more on this. You do even before the party starts, you're still doing a consent talk. You're, um, you're requiring people to do, I believe like three hour consent, um, orientation calls or information meetings, but so orientations. Yeah. So can, how can you, t- can you tell us a little bit about your protocol, but also maybe some key pieces that people should know about consent in these environments? Probably a big topic. <laughs> <laughs> we do a lot to shepherd people through our space. And so um, a lot of the what we're trying to do is create um, a way for everyone to walk. When they walk in, they have at least a level of understanding of our culture and what is expected around um, how they show up that is a baseline. And the way that we do that is through an application process. So uh, we actually, the way that we vet people into our space is that they have to fill out a 30 to 60 minute application, which is quite in depth and ask questions anywhere from, uh, this is our consent policy. Do you agree with that? To what is the hardest thing about being in relationship with you? How do you handle conflict um, in your relationships? What if you had a breakup and you had to see your person over and over again um, at the parties? How would you handle that? Things like that, where we're really asking people to think about the experience of being part of a community rather than you're just dropping into an event one time that uh, and you may or may not have some fun, but uh, we're not just providing this like service. We're actually providing a complete experience and a potential for uh, for a community of people that you might actually be involved in for quite a while if you choose. Uh, the next thing we do is we ask people to um, complete their an orientation, and our orientation goes into more depth around our consent um, expectations, our accountability expectations, and then also just what do parties look like. A lot of people have you know so many questions around what do I wear? And what are you, you know, any, everything from what do I wear? Should I bring food? Or like, how do I actually meet people? And, you know, all these, all these, um, amazing questions that come in as somebody who is bright eyed and has never stepped into a space like this. And so that's, that's the orientation. And then we also, um, recently moved to Mighty Network, which, uh, we, we moved from our Facebook group into a Mighty Network group, which is our, uh, 
virtual social space uh, where people can start to meet each other ahead of time virtually and talk and uh, have ha- ask questions and get to know each other. We do all kinds of things too before the parties in order for to help people meet each other in a non-sexual space. So uh, we have picnics and bar meetups and uh, especially prior to to parties, we will have some kind of meetup so that people can meet each other face to face. And that people are uh, welcome to come if they if they haven't even joined Bonobo yet um, to our meetups in order to meet us and see if we're the right vibe for them, uh, if they feel comfortable with us and want to step in a little bit further, because um, it is kind of a big commitment in order to actually enter into Bonobo Network through the, the application and the orientation. There's like a lot of steps that they have to do. And then William, do you want to talk about some of the consent policies that we have? Just to like add very quickly onto the like culture building process, everything we just said is totally correct. I would say that um, we also try to like talk about our values and principles. Like Bonobo Network isn't just like you know we talk about consent and that's it. Like there are six principles that undergird our community, and the orientation is like the place where we go into great depth about these principles. And then we talk about the values that undergird those principles, and then we talk about that on our website, you know, and we talk about it in the opening circles that we do. We talk about it in the, like, on the ticketing pages uh, for when you buy tickets to our parties. And so we really try to get as much repetition as possible so that people are coming with as much internalization of the ideas that undergird our community as possible. Um, That is just so important. So that then, even if you're a new person, who's never been to a play party before, uh, you've never participated in sex-positive community, like, you just, like, look around and you see how people are treating one another and you see, um, you know, oh, like, people are, like, asking before they're touching people. People are, you know, being just, like, so friendly and welcoming. And, like, those, like, that provides the cues for how you yourself should behave inside of these spaces, you know? And uh, that's just so important, you know? So, um, uh, and yeah, like consent is a huge part of that. And um, um, I would say that like, we try to go as deep with people on the topic of consent as we possibly can. And we're always like thinking up new ways for better communicating like what is most essential about about like how to behave consensually and what that means. Because I think that like the way like the, the this kind of superficial way that a lot of people talk about consent is often like, okay, like you must ask first. And then when someone says yes, then you get you get the prize, you know, the thing you asked for. Uh, and it creates almost this um, transactional approach to consent, you know? Like, consent becomes the speed bump on the way towards getting what you want, as opposed to the way that we prefer to approach consent, which is, like, consent is a fundamentally subjectifying practice. Like, you have to, like, really see the full humanity of the person or people you're interacting with. And, like, you have to be able to, like, 
empathize with them a little bit, you know, and you have to like really have their well-being in mind um, and and um, and like acting from one from like uh, the a commitment to like, you know, act in accordance with the agency and well-being and pleasure of the people that we're interacting with. That's consent. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not just can I touch your butt? You know, (laughs) (laughs) sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, yes. Can I touch your butt? Is also like doing consent, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, but but that's not all it is. And so we really try to get that across for people because we want people to have actually really high expectations of one another in the community for how they're going to be treated. Okay, time for a quick break. This podcast is free to you because of our amazing sponsors such as Field. Field is one of my favorite dating apps because it actually encourages me to embrace my sexual side. No need to hide who you really are. Field is all about sharing your desires shamelessly. While Field is still considered one of the top dating apps for threesomes, it's also great for just about everyone from singles, couples, monogamous and non-monogamous folks and more. Field is inclusive to all, no matter your gender or orientation. When you join, you can choose from more than 20 plus sexual and gender identity options. With radical open-mindedness designed into the app, you can share your interests no matter how traditional or kinky you may be. And guess what else? You can download the Field app for free and support our show by going to field.co slash shameless. That's F-E-E-L-D dot C-O slash shameless. Or just click the link in our episode description to get the field app for free today. Go check it out for free right now. This podcast was also made possible by OMGS.com. OMGS combines scientific research of real vulva owners so you can learn shame-free techniques on how to pleasure the pussy. OMGS studied 20,000 plus people of all ages and turned the research into animated modules, short videos, and beautiful infographics that are tasteful and easy to understand. Whether you want to learn about external pleasure, internal stimulation, or techniques with toys, OMGS can help you master vulva pleasure. Let me tell you, I've been recommending OMGS to my clients for years, and it's been changing their lives because knowledge really can activate your pleasure power. OMGS is for anyone who cares about vulva pleasure and wants to take it to the next level. OMGS can help you become a sexual strategist by equipping you with the tools you need to unlock your pleasure potential. Plus, your OMGS purchase helps fund more pleasure research. OMG, that's wonderful. Only pay once, and these techniques are yours forever. That's right, this is not a subscription service, and you don't need to download a thing. So go to omgs.com shameless to get 10% off when you purchase any OMGS season. Again, go to omgs.com shameless to get 10% off right now. Time to pursue your pleasure. And now, back to the show. So say, so I think Misha spoke to the bright eyed people that are maybe more, more green, shall we say, to these types of, of play parties, sex parties. I would be one of those people. So knowing that I believe fully in consent on, on many levels, and I like the, the subjective uh, talk that you, it is completely a subjective situation, right? Some, somebody might be put off by another person's version of consent, right? It's, there, there's a lot of things, which is probably where your orientation comes into play. So. So side note, so I want to say someone is 
new, maybe I'm new at this party or or another maybe penis owner is new and it's a sexy space and they want to have an invitation to approach someone and and I don't know if it's yeah, can I touch your butt or hey, can I stick my my finger up? I don't know. I'm I'm wondering like what how does this look like? How do how do you appear to someone without feeling like you're being a creep or like, or coming like- on too strong and you want to so I mean, obviously it's it's going to be variable from person to person, but I just would love uh just to uh, set the scene. Which I think is also great advice even outside mm-hmm. of a, a sexy party because people are still concerned even just at a bar or whatever. How do you approach someone yeah, without being someone creepy? someone came up to me and said they want to stick my finger <laughs> or their finger in my butt at a bar, I'd be like, mm, you know what? Let me check. Let me, my mood. Let, let me go ahead and say no to that right like now. Like the one that wanted to lick your ass that randomly? Okay, anyway. Yeah. So anyway, anyway, going, anyway, go, on, go back to the question. Wow. Back to the question. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're actually speaking to this like really important thing. I'm going to hand it off to Misha in a second who I know has so much to say about this. Uh, but you're speaking to a really important piece of the of the puzzle which is context like how much context do you actually have with this person you know uh before you make an invitation you know so like i I use this example in our orientations all the time you know so like like let's say you're at a play party and you see somebody walking around saying hey wanna fuck no cool thanks thank you for taking care of yourself (laughs) hey new person wanna fuck no, cool. Thanks. Take care of yourself. Hey, new person number three, you want to fuck? You know, I mean that like like we would recognize that as fundamentally antisocial behavior, even though they are like doing consent. I'm using big scare quotes here. It reminds me of uh, just like, constantly swiping on an app, just over uh-huh. and over again. Yeah, kind yeah, of the yeah. same thing. Like wanna fuck, wanna fuck, wanna fuck. Okay, no thanks, bye. It was- uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, oh, and so and so it just speaks to the. Uh, importance of of like context and like what's the container for the invitation that you are making like like I like to to talk about this in terms of invitations because like you're inviting someone into an experience and then like if you're inviting someone into an experience that you know is like commonly read as higher stakes uh, I invite people to think like what reasons again put yourself in someone else's shoes what reason do i have for thinking that like this person might be delighted to hear this invitation even if they're not exactly a yes to it like to what extent is like this invitation like actually adding to someone's sense of like well-being or being seen you know being like seen as a human being and in their full like humanity and brilliance and agency you know and and uh, I would say that, like, if you are not at a sex party, <laughs> then perhaps, like, leading with, like, extremely sexual invitations, you know, can I lick your butt uh, at a bar, uh, you know, is, like, is, I mean, that would be a weird thing to lead without a sex party as well, I will say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's, like, it makes it even more out of place at a bar because there's even less context, right? <laughs> um and so, and so, yeah, I think that like, um, that like, um, making lower stakes invitations and making those lower stakes invitations as lower stakes invitations and not like as the way to get into higher stakes things is actually like super duper important. And if you are not actually clear inside of yourself, particularly as a man, um, that like, um, like, that like, your invitation is truly for the lower stakes activity and not just as a way towards like a deeper engagement, um, then 
then I would actually just not make the invitation because like that desire smuggling um, that like Marsha Bajinsky talks about and uh, um, uh, you know that we that we like hear about like the sort of wheel of consent work you know um, uh, like that desire smuggling is actually one of the biggest things that people find creepy like like when you make an invitation but it's like clear that there is like another energy there or that there's like something else there that like isn't being said or communicated or there's like an expectation being like snuck in on the back end of that invitation like like you know oh hey do you want a back rub well hey like you know get clear is this back rub for you or is it for me you know <laughs> or, or are you uh, asking me for the back rub so that you can fuck me after is that like also it, was that your intention yeah too, it, you know? <laughs> it, exactly I, I mean all all of those questions are really important and um like being unclear on those things uh is what gives people the sense that someone is like creeping on them as opposed to you know like being a straightforward communicator so context and like getting clear on intentions and like uh, like who's it for and not desire smuggling, all those things support creepiness. And I want to hand the mic over to Misha because I've been talking a lot. Um, and I think what this comes down to is this idea that you named Amy, which is uh, friends first dating, like treat people as humans you are getting to know somebody, even inside of a sex party context, you still need to get to know them and find and and find out if there is some kind of uh, connection there. And when the connection there that is there, then the invitation and the collaboration can start. Um, but until that starts to happen, if you're just acting from a place of I want to get, I want to get, I want to get, that is going to be felt and you are not going to get like that is the exact thing that people are fairly repulsed by. Um, and uh, and so the the sense of collaboration and invitation is important, especially in being with the humanity of another human, right? You're not just, we're not just taking from somebody, we're, we're sharing an experience. And that's really the, um, the perspective that I think we try to get all of our participants to come from. I really appreciate that. And I'll go again, go to a personal experience. At, I think it, uh, at, um, there are two different experience, different yeah, your parties that were both really positive um, with, with inv invitations from people, um, and I was there. Um, one was an invitation where uh, my partner and I were in in some sort of of, of scene together, um, maybe with some vloggers and, th and things, and there um, and someone else approached and essentially. Um, offered to join. They said, like, I, you know, and the way that they offered was, I forgot exactly how they said it, but it was not creepy. It was like, I really want to get something from you. What they said was something <laughs> along the lines of, like, this, this looks like a really beautiful scene. Um, if you're interested in me joining, I would love to. But, and, and also, this was a um, Volvo owning human. And what this Volvo owning human did was they, they actually said this to both of us, but then they looked at me and they were like, and, and she, and, and she said, 
And as I offer this, I'm going to leave for 10 minutes, let you two feel into it, and then I'll come back and check in. And if you're a no, just let me know. I'm totally okay with that. So she kind of just planted this seed that felt really nice and let me know. I think also maybe because she was another Volvo owner that like wanted to remind me that I had the power also because I was the one being flogged at the time. Um, and then when she came back and checked in, it felt really good. It was like, and we're like, fuck yeah, we want you to join this scene. And then, and then we, you know, and we got very clear on what those boundaries were and how she would join in. Um, another example was, um, and it's so, and we, and by the way, when you were talking about context, that, that was not the first time we spoke to her at that party. She, we had already talked to her on the dance floor at some point. Like yeah. so you're saying there was, that's great. It wasn't yeah. just like, Oh, a drive by. Hey, you want to right, say this is Even advanced a conversation here. <laughs> I was going to yeah. say, this is no, a very we had already, advanced We had already moves, talked on the dance sure. floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This person. Yeah. So we were already on the dance floor. We had already had a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. This person. And they were highly skilled. Another experience we had, though, was sitting with someone in your, in your opening circle where you're, you're talking. And we made this friend next to us. And we were talking to this person, you know, five or ten minutes or something. And then, the you know, the party's open after the whole after the whole opening circle consent talk. And this person said, hey, I just want to let you all you know, you're a beautiful couple. If you all want to play with with me or with, the, with some other people, just let me know. And if not, all good. And again, felt great. We're like, thank you. We didn't, we didn't join that person. Um, we felt totally safe in the way that they offered it. We already had the context built and um, because we already had some conversations. Um, but it was just these kind of like planting these, these seeds in ways that did not feel creepy, did not feel invasive, felt very um, safe and respectful. And it felt safe for me to say yes, to say no. Um, it felt safe for them to receive a yes or no. Like I didn't need to caretake them. And I think part of that, it was the education that y'all provide in the opening thing, as well as the orientation before. Which there's also probably a way to say yes or no without uh, being too, without being mean. Yeah. Right? I'm sure that's taught in it as well on some level, because it's like the, I don't know if it is, I, because people, there's well, people that get offended in, the, in bars. mainstream world, sometimes people are like, oh, hey, I think you're really attractive. And they're like, fuck you, motherfucker. You don't deserve my time or attention. Like that, I, you know, right. I'm, yeah, that is not anything yeah. that I'm sure happens at so your parties. There, <laughs> yeah. There, I just want to deconstruct a little bit about what, you know, what happened there. And one of the things that uh, was really wonderful is this technique of planting the seed and then stepping away, Right. And the stepping away allows for the person to feel into their full yes or their full no. And by and and that little trick is is actually a thing that we that we teach in um, in our workshops and things like that. So as part of, you know, being part of Bonobo, you have opportunities to take classes on on the art of consent and really like the art of consent is it go you know you, the spectrum is hey can i touch your butt to hey i find you really attractive i'm going to come back in a few minutes and see if you know see if you're into me too or something like the 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 difference between those two experiences and the artistry around you know the invitation is huge. And people can learn those things, right? People think like, oh, it's so awkward to do consent. Well, actually, 
consent is a whole new language that we're all starting to learn. And the awkwardness is not bad. It's just a phase in the, in the learning process. And we don't love to feel awkward during sex, right? Like we want to feel confident and sexy and blah, blah, blah. But to me, Bonobo is the, is a (laughs) playground for, for being able to practice these things with a lot of people that are kind and able to, you know, offer feedback in a kind way, getting a compliment out on the street versus getting a compliment in a, in the bonobo context. It's just, it's the context, right? If I'm a woman who's been, you know, who's walked on the street, who's walking down the street and have gotten, you know, cat called five or six times. And by the sixth time I'm like, fuck you, buddy. You know, that's, that's a context that she, (laughs) that she is experiencing. And it's actually at that point, you know, compliments are actually a microaggression at that point. So there's, there's different compliments in, in Bonobo. One of the things we teach is ask somebody, are you open to a compliment right now? I would love to give you one and let them tell you, yes, I would love a compliment or, you know what? I'm, I'm not open right now. Let, you know, maybe later or. So, okay. So this is all good information. And I think that, uh, what you all are teaching is above and beyond what I would expect when I visualize a sex party. So it it gives me a sense of comfort. Uh, So thank you for what you're doing. And so how can folks, obviously, I I don't know uh, in this community if this is only a Bay Area thing, but if uh, folks want to find play parties, especially the ones that are this like you have this level of comfort and and you feel confident that you're going into something that isn't going to be violating any of your morals or body. Uh, so if they want to build this sexual community in the first place, how can they how can they find this type of of situation? These play parties, these sex parties. First off, um, yeah, Bonobo Networks events are based in the Bay, but we have people coming from all over the country and even the world to our events, like our monthly parties or even our retreats. And so if you want to become a member, you can check out bonobonetwork.com. But, you know, to the question of how you find and build these communities yourself in uh, your own area, um, so there are a few ways. First is that, um, there are networks of swingers and swinger parties and swinger communities all over the country and, in fact, all over the world. Um, I think that you'll have to do some investigation about whether those spaces are actually creating the culture, are as mindful about the culture around consent, especially in some of these other pieces uh, that, um, that you want. And so... Um, you know, like figuring out, like, how do people talk about consent? Is it an affirmative consent model where yes means yes, like you have to ask first and get an affirmative yes answer? Or is it a no means no model where, you know, people get to like touch first and then you have to set a boundary for, you know, the no to to like kick in, you know, like is it assumed yes until someone hears a no? Um, if you are okay with that, version of consent of consent culture then you know then you'll probably have a pretty easy time finding uh play spaces and if that does not sound like your cup of tea then you know finding spaces that that focus on affirmative consent is is more important i really think that um you know, I'm a big proponent of like envisioning the thing you want to see in the world and building it, like building the networks. And, um, you know, there's so many ways to build a community. You, you know, I do think that like 
one has to take risks about like exposing oneself and being a little bit out there about what you do because that's the thing that actually like lets people know that like you're doing a thing you know that you're building a community or creating an event or you know building a container um uh but you can use sites like fetlife to connect with people um, in your local area, you can attend uh, conventions for sex educators, and you know there are swinger cons. There's there are big national events like Sex Down South and um, Catalyst Con, and so on. Uh, Dark Odyssey uh, does four events around the country in non-pandemic times, um, and all these places are like big hubs where people come from all over the country and all over the world to engage with people who have like similar interests and hopefully similar values. So I I do want to just plug that Bonobo Network is a national and international uh, community and that if you are really resonating with our values and, and what we're saying, don't hesitate to join the online network and come out and see us. Yeah, you know, our events are here centered in the Bay Area, but we are definitely looking at doing events uh, in other places as well. And we are also uh, starting to look at teaching people how to create the community, the sex positive community that they want in their areas. And so we're really all about focusing on teaching people how to fish (laughs) instead of just being the providers of the of the parties we want to show show you how to actually create sex positive community in your area and by coming to to you know the the virtual space bonobos virtual space you will meet people potentially closer to you and be able to like start the community from there so i just wanted to put a little extra plug in for um bonobo and i have I personally experienced that, learned that from coming to a number of your events. Um, and we recently, April, April was not there when I say we, um, with it, there was around 12 of us and, um, we had our own little mini sexy play party that happened. Um, and we used a lot of what we learned from, from you, from you all. Um, and it was it was beautiful. We had you know an opening circle and an intention and like light like kind of w- openers and ways to connect with like feeding each other fruits and things and um, and you know talking about the consent boundaries. And then we had a nice closing circle and everyone that we all checked in after I think everyone felt really really good and really safe. And I, have to, I say that we learned that from you. So I see that you are doing that. Not only are you creating community. You know if someone lives in. You know, New York, they could be a part of the Bonobo Network and still be a part of Mighty Network and connect with people, you know, and still be a part. And you have all, you also, and actually this will be just my next question. This will be our last question too. Remind us about your website. You have offerings on there, everything from you all coach people personally. You have classes on there and educational experiences where people can learn about different topics. Like I saw something about PolySecure was something you were recently doing. So can you plug that once again um, on what your offerings are and how people can find you and work with you? Our website is bonobonetwork.com. You can find our values on there. You can find our coaching services you can find out where to apply and how to apply uh, all through our website. And then uh, I also have a personal small business that is focused on mediation, especially around consent violations. And so, uh, you know, 
running a party for the last uh, decade has really created uh, a niche expertise between William and I around dealing with consent violations and how to create uh, accountability, inner self, the inner self work that needs to happen around things that when when things go wrong. Those are the three uh, three ways. BonoboNetwork.com is our main website where you can check us out. Main hub. Main hub. Okay. Uh, I, I, I love Are you ready to come to a sex party with me? I well, <laughs> they, they, I think this I've been would, trying to get her to go for a they, long time, but I'm not going to pressure her. They, they, I think this will be the only one that I would go to. Just uh, mad amounts of gratuity for what you're doing and uh, gratitude for, for, for this important work, especially around consent as well. I didn't realize how much work you both do with consent. So that's really, really fucking cool. So thank you. Uh, thanks for joining us and being part of Shameless Sex. I think our listeners are really going to love hearing from both of you and exploring more about the work that you offer. So uh, thank you. And ah, I'm sad to, to let you two go back to your daily life. <laughs> You're sad to let them go back? I'm sad to let you go back We're to your daily life. You We're going to keep you forever. Yeah, that's not consensual, actually, people, okay? I learned today. Uh, so. Thanks for inviting us. All right, us. y'all. We thank really you for joining it. us. It's so yeah. great. And to all of our shameless sex revolutionaries out there, thank you for listening to us every Tuesday. And thank you. If you like wine as much as Amy and I do, thank you for going to marginswine.com and checking out this small back small batched boutique wine made by Maybe Maggie now Pell. I should be the closer. Too. Maybe you should be the closer, Amy. <laughs> I'm kidding. not doing a rhyme, but um, we do uh, we do love what she makes and uh, beautiful wine. It's the holidays. Everybody probably drinks more than they should during the holidays or they're taking big breaks, so either way, it makes a nice gift. So go check out marginswine.com and you can save money. Just go to our website and check out the coupon codes there. And thank you for joining us. Go ahead, go on iTunes, give us five stars. It helps folks out there find people like the Bonobo Network. And it helps more folks just tap into their own sexual communities and learn more about themselves and all the beautiful offerings out there in the world. And so we love you. We read every single review. And uh, we really do love you. Every single one of you. So we'll see you next Tuesday, y'all. Ciao for now. Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use code shamelesssex at purepleasureshop.com.